Welcome to Create Photography, a podcast all about the creative side of photography. This is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, we will have a conversation with New York City-based photographer, Melissa O'Shaughnessy. Melissa O'Shaughnessy is a New York City-based street photographer originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Her work has been featured in numerous international exhibitions and publications. Her first book, Perfect Strangers, New York City Street Photographs, was published by Aperture last year with an introduction by Joel Majorowitz. All right, Melissa, welcome to Create Photography. I'm very excited to talk to you today about your street photography and your photography in general. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Daniel. So let's start with your upbringing. <laughs> you told me um, you were born and raised in Minneapolis. And um, I'm just curious, were you interested in art back then? Um, oh, it was such a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was I was brought up in, in quite a cultured household. We traveled, you know, as a child, I went to museums, I was interested in music and art. So yeah, I mean, I was always surrounded by the arts. Um, we went to the theater. Uh, so it was quite a, a, you know, as you know, living in the Twin Cities, it's, it's not a big it's not a big city, but it's a very mm -hmm. cultured city. So we, right. you know, growing up, we very much took advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when when did you leave Minneapolis? Um, we moved east in 1991. Okay. Uh, so I was there. I had my first two of my three children were born there. And and then we we came east in 1991. So, okay. but we're still back off. Well, I haven't been back for a while, given COVID. But um, right. we both, both my husband and I, still have a lot of family there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's been challenging for all of us with <laughs> with COVID and uh, travel restrictions. And it looks like it's continued to be challenging <laughs> this year as well, unfortunately. It is. But I think, you know, all of us here have had, have most of the my family have now are either fully vaccinated or have just had their second shots. So mm -hmm. we're starting to feel like we can we can gather with, with um, some feeling of safety and yeah. and uh i think people are starting to travel a bit at least you know in, within the country um, right right we have no plans to to go overseas anytime soon i think that that's yeah. going to be a while but um yeah there, there is a feeling of some of some relief as people more and more people that we get to know are are fully vaccinated so yeah. Yeah. We can be very thankful for that because yeah, absolutely. very many countries are not in the in the good position no. that we are in terms of vaccine availability. So we have to be extremely grateful for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's amazing how fast the vaccines were developed too. Really amazing. Astoni astonishing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. really, yeah. really. So yeah. um, and you think of how much worse it all could have been. I mean, mm -hmm. it, was, it was bad enough as it is and so yep. much loss of life, but um, yep. it... Um, it could have been a lot worse. So we have to be, yep. be thankful for that. Very true. Very true. Well, back to photography. So when did you get interested in photography? How did it happen? And were you interested in street photography right away? Um, no, not at all. I Growing up, my father was an avid amateur photographer. And <laughs> it's funny because I always remember him photographing us all the time and as teenagers you become very annoyed by it so <laughs> i i right. didn't i you know i didn't really you know i my own interest in photography you know i had children and and i took the typical family snaps as my kids were growing up uh but beyond that my own interest didn't arise um until i quit a very demanding job and my son was a teenager and had taken a course in photography at in high at the local high school and came home and said mom you know let's build a dark room I'm loving this and mm -hmm. I remember thinking knowing my son 
and and how quickly his passions would would bloom and fade uh that i should probably learn what the dark room was all about because he might lose interest after mm-hmm. you know cobbling together this this uh dark room in the basement so i went off to a local uh college and took some night courses and you know as i suspected by the time the dark room was functional his interest had had waned <laughs> um and so it was mine and and mm. and really i dabbled in black and white photography for a number of years mm-hmm. uh and loved the dark room and this is really before digital um had made any inroads uh mm. into the way we were working um and i quickly moved to medium format cameras because i loved the you know the information and the detail and a larger negative. And then I went off and took a workshop with Joel Meyerowitz and mm. it was in Palm Springs and it wasn't street photography per se. It was landscape. And, you know, we were in Palm Springs and, but he spoke, so, Joel spoke so eloquently about street photography that my, my interest was piqued. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live outside of New York City, and so I started, but very slowly. I was very, very shy mm-hmm. uh, at the outset. I think, I think, as most people are, whether yeah. you're introvert, yep. extrovert, no, no matter yep. when you come to it, to raise mm-hmm. your camera and take pictures of strangers is, um, at, in the beginning, extremely intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I was no different. So I always say I kind of got off to a slow start. But <laughs> you know, as soon as as soon as you make those first couple pictures that you realize, you know, if you get a couple good ones out of the gate, you start to realize, or at least I did, that I, I wanted the picture more than I feared the consequences, really. Mm. But it, it's really, it's developing a muscle. It's developing an eye. It takes a lot of practice to be able mm-hmm. to anticipate what, you know, what people are going to do, where the crowds are, when the moment's going to come together. It's, it's really, uh, it, it, it takes time to develop mm. uh, the reflexes and the vision and the understanding of what is going to make an interesting street photograph. Mm-hmm. So like many people, I, I started and I practiced and I wanted it. You know, I wanted to make these pictures that I, these types of pictures that I so admired. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joel said another thing in the, in the workshop, he, he alluded to the fact that, you know, street photography is a really pure form of photography. You know, mm-hmm. it's not landscape, it's not portraiture, which has been done in so many other mediums. It's that 500th of a second that mm-hmm. um, only a, a, a camera can capture um, in its entirety. So mm-hmm. that was very intriguing to me, you know, that you're right. practicing a form of photography that's very, very unique to the camera and to mm-hmm. the medium. Uh, yeah. So that, that, and that has stayed with me. Mm-hmm. That's great. Then have you done any, so, so I think a lot of your street photography is in, in New York city, correct. But I was curious, have you done any street photography in other cities, like even Minneapolis, St. Paul or other cities? Um, I have as you know, I'm, if I travel, I'm so yep. eager to explore a new place. Interestingly, I haven't done a lot in the twin cities because yep. when I'm there, I gen, I always have so many family obligations. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, you know, that it's just not a time that I, I have the time to, to peel off and, and be out on the streets. Yeah. And, you know, oddly enough, there's a lot of family members who have birthdays and anniversaries in January and February. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been in the somewhat more temperate climates of, of the New York region for 30 years. And yeah. it is so <laughs> cold in those months oh, yeah. Um, yeah. that I don't, you know, do you get out in in the I, depth I of do, winter? I do, and it's tough. I mean, I've done a lot of landscape photography myself in the middle of the winter, but it's you, you got to you got to dress up for it. But the street photography is tough as well in the yeah, winter. because I find it's, even in New York, you know, on a really cold day, you know, people just pull up their hoods. Even before yep. we were all masked, they yep. wrap their faces in a scarf and pull up their hoods yep. and plunge <laughs> their 
plunge their hands in their pockets and hunch their shoulders up. Right. And it, it, it's, you know, just the, the, the body language and the interaction yes. when people are freezing cold isn't very interesting. And even when there are people out on the street, so it's, yeah. it's, um, and your batteries die. And, yes. But, but <laughs> exactly. interestingly in New York, I'm out there on the coldest days because I guess I have some of that, uh, Minnesota hardiness left yes. in me. I, I you know, and I can't get out to photograph every day. So when I do have right. the time, you know, no matter the weather, I'll go out because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't pick and choose, you know, the way my life is, I can't pick and choose the, the time sure. that I have as so many people can't. Um, so mm-hmm. I do, I do joke that I'm, I'm a street photographer out there on the coldest days in New York, but they <laughs> don't, those coldest days do not match the Minneapolis no. coldest days no. by, by right. <laughs> a good long stretch. Yeah. So, <laughs> not yeah. exactly right. <laughs> Um, well, let's talk about your blog. I, I really like the format and maybe maybe I should let our listeners, let you explain it to our listeners a little bit, um, if, if you don't mind. Um, oh, it's so know. funny because you're the first person who, you know, I kind of put the blog up there and expect absolutely no one to know that it's there <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> I, I do nothing to publicize it. And I just, when I redesigned my website, I thought, oh, you know, I should do something that forces me to put some new stuff up now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to, way back in the day, I used to try to take a photograph every day and post it, you know, kind of a 365 project. Yep. Yep. And I made it through a couple years doing 365s kind of mm. here and there. And then I just nice. grew to hate it so much that <laughs> that I stopped and would, would, wouldn't do it again. But, right. you know, it's a good exercise if anyone's yep. interested. So I started that way. And then when I redesigned my website, I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll put up groupings of pictures. And so I I kind of, you know, as I actually got very organized during COVID and kind of started uh, going through my archive and keywording things and started to see, you know, certain, certain things that I photograph all the time. So the blog became... I, I put up, I, you know, honestly, I have to look at the blog myself to tell you, <laughs> to tell you what I've done. Cause right. you know, once or twice a month, I put up, you know, a series of a dozen, 15 yep. photos that kind of are hold together with a theme. Yep. Um, exactly. So the last one I put up, I guess it was in March. So I'm a little overdue was called antivirus, but spelled A-N-T-E, which of course is before the virus. And I just, I found a lot of crowded photos of New York City where people are unmasked and, you know, herded together. And at a time when we didn't, you know, think twice about being 12 inches from a stranger and sneezing. Yes. Um, And so the blog is just kind of a series of things. You know, I did a group in the in museums and called patron of the arts. And then I have rainy bad weather days um, called bad weather, which of course, Martin Parr did a wonderful book called bad weather um, Mm -hmm. back in the day. So, you know, they're just kind of things that um, they're kind of thematic groupings of my photos that I've found in the, you know, in my archive. Um, And it's, it's, it's nothing more than that. I've actually, it's, it's starting to feel for me, a little tired, the conceit, you know, so maybe I'll start doing uh, sequences that are unrelated. I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's a place to put up work yeah. and just kind of make your website not be an entirely static yeah, exactly. uh, enterprise, which they yeah. which, you know, they really tend to be in this yeah. day and age. So it's called a blog. It's not really a blog at yeah, all, it's... but I didn't know what, I don't know, you know, it's, what else do you call it? Yeah, I don't know, what, but it's a nice, it's certainly a nice, tr- well, I can't even call well, it. Well, it's just, it's right, a way if people see yeah. blog, they say there might be something there so, that's new content. I guess yeah. that is yeah, kind of a exactly. shorthand for, for people right. going, it's not, I'm not writing, yeah. I'm not ruminating, I'm not, it's nothing but the fact that there's now and then some new content. And I right. think right. maybe maybe people that it's called blog that tells enough of that tale so yeah i, I could <laughs> yeah. i couldn't think of a better title that i, I, I like it because it was a little different for sure and and that i love the 
the fact that you really grouped, you know, kind of, it looked like you photographed things in series, but I, it sounded like more like you grouped them by series. So, so my, I guess my, my related question to, to that is, are you, do you tend to work in series sometimes or, or do you think is it more like something that happens after the fact? Uh, much more after the fact. Okay. Um, I don't, okay. I, I do not go out with any, uh, plans. You know, when okay. I go out to work on the streets, be it New York or London or elsewhere, I don't go out uh, with any uh, idea about the sorts of, like these themes. I, I wouldn't go yeah. out looking for that. But I think as, as everybody knows, or as you come to know, you're attracted to the same things over, you respond to certain things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they start if as, as you start working and amassing more of an archive and taking more pictures, you start to see these things appear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so I think I think everybody's like that in some way, shape, or form. But then when you dive into your own pictures, you kind of find you know. A couple of months ago, I posted the things they carried. I yes, always, that, that's people, the one I was going to talk about. That that actually stood out to me right you away. You know, <laughs> I, I whenever I see someone lugging something, carrying a yeah. box, you know, I remembered when we first uh, got our apartment in New York City. I was having a party, and I went out to go. Sh- you know, having spent much of my time, you know, in the suburbs with a car. And I went out in New York and I needed some platters to serve some food on. And I went grocery shopping and, and I did all this shopping and it occurred to me, you know, in New York, when you don't have a car, you can't buy more than you can carry. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you've got to plan your shopping according to right. what you can physically carry. And I, I had not, uh, done that i remember mm-hmm. being so laden i could barely get back to the apartment so i guess maybe from there i, I i'm amused by the things that people schlep through the streets of new york and i <laughs> it's 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 interesting you know it's mm-hmm. interesting to see and oh, and yeah. so that's something always if i see someone carrying a big box or a load or something interesting i will always photograph it yeah um yep. so those those that's things cool. just start to develop from your own your own interests and your own experience maybe yeah no that's cool and and we'll we'll link to that in in our show notes for this show um that that particular blog because i think it's really cool i i really like that series of seeing people schlepping all this different all the different things that you can carry (laughs) it's absolutely and and i'm just looking at it now and there's one of a, a, a kind of sad looking man and he's just carrying this small box and and you if if you look at the picture kind of closely, you realize it's probably somebody's ashes. Mm-hmm. You know, he has this yep. very sad face. and But yep. this is, you know, and a dead pig and a chair on the head. I mean, the people carry the strangest <laughs> things. Through All the, kinds and, of things. <laughs> you know, and, and it does speak to, you know, what's so wonderful about street photography. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, look at you can't you couldn't stage some of this stuff that mm-hmm. you see. You know, a, a group of of fashion students carrying you know pieces of mannequins through the street. I mean, right. New York, <laughs> New York just throws this these things up at you that are yeah. absolutely you could never kind of have preconceived it. Um, right, right. But if you're ready and and open, you're, it, it, there's it, there's delight yeah. um, in the strangeness of of. New York at its busiest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so you alluded to this a little bit, but my next question is around kind of your process when photographing on the streets. Um, it, are you more intuitive in your approach versus planful? I, and I know you kind of partially answered that already, but I'm just kind of I'm always curious to to ask that question because sure. everybody has a little bit of different approach. Um, very intuitive with the, with the underlying understanding of where the energy and people are likely to be at any given time of day in the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, because, because I live in the city part time, that's where I am. It's, it's uh, there, you know, it's one of the greatest cities for street photography in the world. Mm -hmm. And, but you also need, but it's a, it's a big city and you also kind of need to know. And this has all shifted since COVID, you know, when, you know, what time of day is likely to, you know, what day of the week, what time of day the light is going to be interesting, where the people are going to be, where there might be, 
you know, a parade or, or, you know, you kind of have, you get to know over the years where, you know, where the energy is going to be. Um, and, and so that in, in that way, sometimes I'll start the morning in Chinatown when people are out shopping and head North, um, you know, stop and have lunch and then head North with the light at my back through the afternoon. And I, you know, you kind of, you kind of learn where, where the action is going to be. So it's, it's a little bit planned and just my Mm -hmm. understanding of how, how and when the energy and the light in the city are going to be good. But yep. in terms of subject and what's going to happen, you have to be completely open. Yep. yep. Now, I never put music in my ears. Not only yeah. do I not <laughs> want to get hit by a car, right, but right. sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes you'll hear something a block away and you would never have turned to that block to see what's going on if you weren't, didn't have your ears as well as your yep. eyes open. Yep. Uh, so it's it's just to be open to what might pop up in the city when you when you least expect it. Yeah. So in that way, it's completely unplanned. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's this metaphor that people use of the the hunter versus the fisherman. I'm sure you've heard it, and it's maybe it's been a little overused, but you know it's kind of the idea of more for our listeners, the hunter is kind of walking around and hunting for his subjects while the fisherman may stay put in a certain location, maybe frames it up and waits (laughs) for something to happen. Is is there one that you're leaning towards? Yes, definitely. I mean, I do both. Um, and I, I, but generally I'm a hunter because I like to be physically moving. There's, 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 There's the physical aspect of literally, you know, walking along and, you know, letting, you know, just letting the world pass and having some energy in my own body yep. Um, yep. because I like to catch movement. I, 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 I think there's a lot of, uh, of, you know, kinetic energy in the, in the best street pictures. And so mm-hmm. for those very often, I do need to be on the move. Yep. That said, there are certain corners um, where I will stay for 20 minutes, half an hour. You know, it used to be on a Friday afternoon in the spring at 42nd and 5th. It was a human tide and you mm. could stand there and, and just let the people go streaming by you. Um, and it was a really good fishing hole. Now, <laughs> COVID has changed that. Yeah. That that corner and those really busy parts of Fifth Avenue are no longer busy, even on a Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock on a, a sunny Friday. I mean, it's mm. just because yeah. there aren't the commuters, there aren't the tourists, there aren't the shoppers. The, 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 the locus of energy is shifting in the mm-hmm. city um, from mm-hmm. COVID in, in, a, in a very... Um, it's an interesting way. I do yep. wonder, you know, when and if those certain corners are going to be what they were. But there was, but you know, on a busy afternoon, I had my corners, and I there I would stop to fish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but generally, I would say, you know, eighty five percent of the time, I'm I'm on the move. You're on the move. Yep. Yeah. Got it. So, quick technical question: um, Are you? Is there a certain focal length you prefer for your street photography, or are you changing that around? Um, um, I'm almost uh, the huge. The vast majority of my work is with the 35 millimeter okay. lens. Okay. Um, if I'm going to a parade or or that busy corner where I know there's just going to be so much going on, and I need to be super close, you know, to pull more information, and I'll use a 28. Okay. Um, but I tend to prefer the look of a 35 millimeter lens. It feels very, um, very natural to the yep. human field of vision. Um, I, I often say that when I'm feeling shy, I go out with a 35 and when <laughs> I'm feeling, uh, feeling more of an extrovert, feeling yep. more bold, I'll go out with a 28. Got but, it. <laughs> but m- more often I'm more comfortable. I, I mean, I can, f- when I have a 35 on the camera, I can f- frame a, a, a photograph in a split second because I'm so yep. comfortable with that focal yep. length. Yep. So, um, but you know, I just got the book, uh, Frank Horvath's Sidewalk, uh, a new book uh, that came out hmm. um, 
within the past year. It's a okay. color work of New York done largely in kind of the winter time. And he was working with slow film, I think Kodachrome and it was all shot with an 85. And I, I'm looking at this book and thinking, Hmm, you know, I've never tried an 85 mm-hmm. uh, with street photography, yeah. but this is really beautiful work. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he was working with a slow film, so he probably had a much wider aperture, but it was, yeah. and I just worry that if I went out with an 85, I, all the backing up I would do would make me yeah. hit, by, hit by a car yes. or something, <laughs> exactly. you know, it's like I just, right, right. <laughs> but I, it, and, and I'm yeah. just disinclined to shoot and it's not long enough to shoot across the street. Yeah. Um, so I've been actually, I, I haven't put it on yet, but I've been, New York's livening up now, so I'm getting back yeah. out a little bit. But it 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 is something that I've been really meaning to try to go out a couple mm-hmm. days with an 85 and see see yeah. what my pictures look like. But it just seems so. I it seems like I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, with, <laughs> yeah. With with that and and yeah. where you're shooting from and and right when you're responding to things. So it's yeah. gonna. Definitely like different. a foreign land of, of, yeah. <laughs> of technical sorts. So. Right, right. But it's yeah. interesting to see that work mm-hmm. done with an 85 because it doesn't yep. really feel that way. It still yep. feels very intimate, mm-hmm. um, which which is something a wider focal length gives you. You know, yep. you, you have to be closer. So there's right, a, you got to be close. There's, there's sure. that connection. So yep. maybe I'll give it a try and, and yeah. put up on my <laughs> put up on my blog a series a blog, from an 80, the 85 it, yeah here's good. the 80 here's what i did you know here's how i failed <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that would be cool yeah um yeah i personally love the 85 focal length i think it's just something for me personally but not not necessarily for street but um just generally i it's it's one that i i like a lot but do you um, get out on the streets in the twin cities yeah i do i do i do a little bit more architectural work and so there i'm usually with a 50 and but sometimes i have an 85 or 90 as well mm-hmm. so so kind of between those two i usually probably switch but um <laughs> anyway um so yeah i'd like to talk about exhibitions a little bit and of course i realize this has been very challenging or close to impossible due to, to pandemic um but you've had many exhibitions of your art and how do you think you know looking forward has covid transformed um and maybe continues to transform the way we share our work um you know do you think the format of exhibitions will change and kind of just curious what you're you're what you're seeing what you think what's going to happen going forward well i've really never had a big solo exhibition i've been in mm. a lot of group exhibitions yep. um you know i you know my general belief is that really the predominant way to put your work out into the world is, is a book mm-hmm. um and i think and, and in terms of photography, particularly, that is is really such a fantastic vehicle um, to put the work out there. What's going to happen in the gallery and exhibition world? I, you know, I think it will all come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an exhibition has always been a far more fleeting um, way to put work out there. Again, a book, yep. if someone buys your book and it's always on the shelf, you can access it at any time. Yep. Um, so I think, I think you've seen, I think books, photographic books sold very well last year. People mm-hmm. were home and wanted yep. that experience of looking at work and seeing how artists put it together. And I think it's, it's, it's a different beast putting it all up on a wall than into the pages of a book. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm probably not the person to, to ask about that. <laughs> I think, you know, and there's the, it, in terms of exhibitions, I mean, it's an incredible way to print your work and think about its scale and think about how it relates on the wall versus the pages of a book versus a screen. But I think there's that aspect of, you know, the physicality and you go to an ex- exhibition and you go to see other people too. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go to the opening and, and so right. there's there's an aspect of the sharing, the shared experience. Yep, yep. Um, that's yep. such a nice part of an exhibition yep. uh, that yep. book is much more a book is a completely solitary um, yep. engagement with a body of work where yep. it's an ex- exhibition you know like going to 
the movie in a theater, you know, it's a shared experience. So right, right. no, I think, I think, and you know, it's interesting with New York, I'm hoping there are so many empty stores and restaurants yeah. and the, 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 the for rent signs in, in Manhattan and premium real estate are, it's just astonishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my hope would be at least in the shorter term, hopefully longer term that, more artists and and creative organizations could afford some ground floor rents and we'll see a bit of a renaissance in terms of you know a, a more creative presence on yep. the streets of New York it would be great to see that happen um, yep. and to see more shows would be marvelous yep. but i think you most people would say you know putting up an exhibition is very expensive the mm-hmm. the market for street photography in terms of sales is very limited i think people don't really get interested in street fo- buying street photography as an art form until there's a certain patina of age to the mm-hmm. to the work um yep. you know that, that that oh look at how people were all in top hats and trench yeah. coats you know all of a sudden street <laughs> right. photography is uh more interesting to collectors yep. um rather yep. than strictly contemporary work but right. you know we'll see um yep. It's still yeah. great. It's still fantastic to see work on a wall. And I do, I always tell people, print your work. Yes. You know, if you're making Absolutely. some mistakes, uh, it'll show up in a print that you might not, you certainly won't catch in an Instagram post. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and, and right. you know, learning the color, learning about color, if you're working in color and to, mm-hmm. to, to, to make your photographs into a thing that you can hold in your hands and that's me coming out of the darkroom world. Yep. You know, I've always, yep. I've always done little prints as I'm working yep. um, to, to, you know, and pin it on a wall and see how you live with it for a week or a month or a year. Um, yep. The physical yep. thing is important. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you you mentioned that because I I completely agree. I think printing is it's it's so nice and, it, and nowadays it's it's so easy. I mean, you can get. Well, yeah, you, you know, can bring them to, high, right, you can bring them, bring them to the drugstore if, yeah, if you don't yeah. have your own printer, and, and right. you can get little four by six prints for, you know, I don't know what what they are, twenty five yep. cents or something. You yeah. know, you just, <laughs> you know, do right. just make it into a thing. It's not going doesn't have to be exhibition quality. Right. Just churn out some prints and 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 see how they look printed yep. and learn how to print. Yeah, um, yep. it's valuable. Absolutely, it's all part of the process. Yeah. So speaking of print, I, I'd like to talk about your book called Perfect Strangers, New York City Street Photographs. So it, that was published in last year <laughs> by yeah. Aperture. So, Shock- so Shockingly, it was. Shockingly. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's exci- it sounds very exciting. So I'd love to learn more about the project. Um, sure. Well, the, the book itself is about six years of work. Um, Mm. on the streets of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And um, we, Aperture approached me uh, to do a book, of course, which was very exciting. Mm -hmm. And my editor, Denise Wolf, and I had worked on the sequence over, you know, a couple months, we would meet every week, just about every week. And we just started with a pile of some you know, three, she wanted to see everything. So I think I sent her 600 photos or something. Mm -hmm. And then we winnowed it down and winnowed it down and printed out about 200 photos and just literally on, you know, cheap paper from a cheap laser print, like nothing fancy and just start spreading them out on big tables and, 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 you know, pictures went in and pictures went out and just little bite, you know, what's going to the opening picture going to be? What is the story we're telling of New York? And so little by little and just like making pairs and, and making a run of five or six photos that told a little a little story, a little chapter. We started to build the sequence that became the book. Um, and early on, we, I didn't have a title at the outset. It, we really set out just to say how, you know, what is the story? What is the story I am telling about New York in this time? And so it just grew very organically. As I said, we didn't have a title. Uh, mm-hmm. I was very nervous about it. And my mm-hmm. editor said, don't worry. As, as we start to build this story, we'll start throwing around ideas and um, 
it, it, you start sifting through ideas and words and, and feelings and the title will come. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. Um, I, my, my first kind of early on working title was Splendid Strangers. It was, it was from a wonderful GK Chesterton quote. Hmm. And we brought it to the, the larger group at Aperture of editors and, and, and salespeople and, and, you know, everybody at Aperture kind of batted the title around. And the general feeling was that Splendid was too British. (laughs) Um, And, and and it's true. You know, you think of the word, it's, it's a much more, Right. commonly used is splendid. In, in, splendid. In, 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 and this was such a New York book that mm-hmm. to use a term that had uh, in, in, in no negative way, a more British feeling to it right. um, didn't feel quite right. So yep. Yep. then we were playing with strangers because street photography is strange. You know, these people are yep. all strangers. Uh, and I li- we liked, you know, perfect. There was another one I can't remember. It was perfect strangers and something else strangers. And I really liked perfect because of the, um, the du- the kind of double meaning. Like double meaning, that, yep, that person yep. is a perfect yep. stranger. He's a, he was a perfect stranger, mm-hmm. and but he's a perfect stranger. And so mm-hmm. I think that the 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 second meaning, kind of perfect, is my way of communicating. You know how much. I love these people in this book and the, and the people of New York and the diversity and some of the craziness. And, Mm -hmm. and it was just my way of being very um, kind of in some way showing my affection towards the people in my photographs. So I tried, we tried to make that come through that the, the, the pictures I think are, um, you know, New York is generous, and I hope that the pictures are kind. You know, you are mm-hmm. taking people unawares. Yep. And yep. most people maybe on the face of it wouldn't consider street photography a kind, you know, and, and generous right. way to to photograph people. Right. But right. I think you can do so in the editing process, and I, and I hope we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's great to be, I think, respectful, right, in that sense. Um to the to the subject so to say <laughs> that was very that was very important to yeah, me yeah, yeah 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 that's great yeah i just saw it in some of the samples and basically also in in, in the other work that you have on your website but but that's that's great great to hear so yeah well that's exciting and thanks for thanks for sharing about that so so i do have a few more questions before we wrap up but um so kind of going to you know, photographers who just want to start in street photography. Um, you, you mentioned it was, you know, very scary. And, and I, I personally tend to agree with that. I think it's, you have to kind of overcome your own <laughs> shadows, so to say. And, but what, what do you, what do you think was some of your biggest advice to somebody who's just starting out in street oh, photography? Just go out and look and be open mm-hmm. and go out a lot, you know, just mm-hmm. start, you know, if, if you need to start with a, a far away and somewhere crowded, you know, just lift. Sometimes I walk out the door of my apartment and I, I live right at, near Union Square. And sometimes I just get into Union Square and I walk for a couple of blocks and I just force myself to press the shutter a few times mm-hmm. before before anything's really happening. It's somehow in that just action, I'm out here to take pictures. It's kind of a a reassurance that, you know, nothing bad's going to happen if I press that shutter. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and just in so doing that, you know, in the first few minutes that I'm out, I try to open myself up to be um, unafraid, but very aware of what's going around on in front of around me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just, you know, go out and just, if you're working digital, it doesn't cost you anything. Press, right. press the shutter. 10 or 15 times mm-hmm. at kind of random things. And it is kind of a way to warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just get out, get out for a long walk wherever you are. It's, it's, it's good mm-hmm. for your health. Just be very yep. open to what the light is doing, what the people might be doing, what catches your eye, what interests you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many days that, even the best and most accomplished street photographers go out and there's nothing. They come there's back nothing, with yeah. nothing. <laughs> right. And right. there are days that I go out and kind of maybe a little grumpy mood or not really <laughs> in the mood. But as I said, I only have so much time, you know, mm-hmm. a, a day or two a week really that I have time to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like 
open up, let loose, you know, something might happen. And it's the days when you're just, when you're able to have your mind a little clear of all the things that are running through your brain, just open up to the world around you. And lo and behold, all these things start to appear. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always remind people, you know, watch, I have so many pictures where I've, I've, I've taken a picture and there's a bunch of people in the frame and they're all unaware of me. And then there'll be a child or two who's looking right at me, right Mm -hmm. at my camera. And I remind myself to try to be like those children because Mm -hmm. they just, they, they, they're just interested in everything. There's no hierarchy. There's, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, look, there's a lady with a camera. I'll stare at her. And Mm -hmm. they notice you, they notice you very quickly because they're not distracted by all the things that we are distracted by as adults in our daily lives. Um, And so I remind myself to kind of try to be like, like, look at everything, see what's going on. And when, when you're able to cultivate that kind of openness and, and, and kind of quietude in your own mind, you start to see more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not always a picture, uh, but sometimes it is. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're, you're just, it's a good way to walk through the world. When I have a camera, if I'm in the city, if I'm in the country, if I'm on vacation, when you're, when you have a camera with you and it's your intent to take pictures, you are far, far more attuned to the moment, to mm-hmm. your surroundings, to the light, to the yep. sounds. All of a sudden, you're living in a way that the Zen masters tell us we should yeah. be living, right? <laughs> exactly. And that is exactly. be present in the moment. And so yeah. that way, it, it if you start to view the camera as just your way to walk out the door and to be more present in the moment, yep. um, it, you've got a gift right there. You've got a gift yep. of awareness and a little more presence in the moment in your own life. And if you go out with it, you know, if you're starting out for, in street photography, go out with that attitude. And yep. all of a sudden the world is, is, is just rife with possibility and interesting people and, things to look at and respond to. And then you have to, and then you have to start to hone your own way of seeing, you know, you can get into all of that, but then it becomes just practice, practice, practice time, Mm -hmm. time out doing it. And your, your reflexes become much quicker once you kind of, um, have been doing it for a while. So there's no way to walk out and say, I'm going to be a street photographer and, go out and do it for a few weeks and, and master your craft. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, and I still feel like I have a long way to go. It, it, mm-hmm. it, um, if you're just always seeking to improve, you know, your speed, your reaction time, your, uh, maybe more carefully honed vision or your own mm-hmm. voice or what you're responding to. It's a life, it's lifelong. Yep. yep. Um, and, you know, hopefully you learn a little something about yourself in the process and, yeah. and what you respond to and what makes one of your pictures look like it came from you. I mean, I said, someone put a comment on an Instagram photo of mine months ago, and he said, I knew this was yours the minute I looked at it. <laughs> and I just thought that was such a con- yeah, that's compliment. A compliment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, hopefully it was a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> it might, it might have been. Oh boy, you are so cliche written that you know I can pick it out of a you know, of you know thousands of photos. So mm-hmm. I don't think it was meant that no, way. I like not. to think it it was that you know that I have a particular um, things that attract me. That there's something about the way that I'm putting my work together that has some you know cohesion and mm-hmm. that. If it was a compliment, I'll take it as such. And and oh, yeah. that's a very good thing that you start to, you know, have a way of working and a way of presenting and editing and looking at your own work and your own responses that start to, you know, hold together as some artistic voice. But, yep. you know, that's always yep. a tricky, that's another whole other path we can do, go down. Yep. But that's, you know, it's tricky in street photography. I'm right. not trying to put a color cast on my photos or, or have little pastiches that set them apart. I, I, Mm -hmm. it's reality. And, you know, you, you want to be true to the real world in street photography. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah. other forms. You can go in any odd direction, but right. in this way, you want it to look like the the real world. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if you if you have a signature, it's only going to uh, manifest itself very very slowly. Yeah. And as you start to realize what it is about people and situations that make you respond in that fraction of a second. Right. Right. Yeah, that's great. Well, great answer to to that question. I, I love everything you said about it, and and in particular also the being in the moment and the kind of the Zen <laughs> approach here. In fact, it was kind of funny because I just a couple of weeks ago I had a, an episode on. I called it a beginner's mind. It's actually just it wasn't an interview. Just talking a little bit about it is actually a Zen book or from a teach from a teach Zen teacher in California but kind of trying to, not a new concept, but applying a lot of what you just said, you know, to photography. I mean, from the Zen side of things, being mindful, being aware, you know, um, being, you know, hearing, being in the moment and, and so forth. So, so I love that. Um, anyway, so, so I do have another question, um, somewhat related um, for photographers who have been doing this for a while and would maybe like to start sharing their work more broadly um you know what what would be your advice to them we talked about this a little bit already but i i'd like to you know kind of be more specific maybe around around that for, for photographers who really been you know they, they might be you know have been doing that for years but really maybe want to share it more more broadly with what would be your thoughts here? Well, I mean, the obvious, obvious glaring answer is Instagram and mm -hmm. that it's given people, um, you know, that we can see so much work by so many people mm -hmm. um, as never before. And it's completely democratic and free. That said, it's not without real disadvantages and pitfalls. And so I think that, you know, the tendency towards, you know, very strong graphic uh, light shadow color, you know, in street photography has grown out of the Instagram impulse to hit, you know, the like button on something that is very easy to digest and is striking on a small screen. And I think that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's dangerous. I always think, you know, some of my most interesting photos just get a big meh on, <laughs> on Instagram because it, they require a close, you know, yep. They need to be bigger and they require a little more time and a little mm -hmm. more um, inspection of what's going on in the photograph. So mm -hmm. I think that, you know, with that in mind, I think you start with Instagram. But I think the the more important way is to cultivate, you know, some friends and, and mentors or teachers or a, a group of people that meet, which I do with, with some friends in New York City on a regular basis and print out your work and put it up and, and have people that have people whose opinions you respect mm -hmm. weigh in on what's working in a photograph and what's not. And it's, you know, street photography, most photography is a very solitary um, endeavor. But that said, I've, I've made, I've, I've met so many photographers out on the street in New York city um, most of whom are in this group that we meet, we're used to meet monthly. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we've been confined to zoom like everybody else, yep. but, um, you know, to show, to show you work to people who, who can be a little dispassionate, you know, your family loves you and they're always going to think, tell you, they think it's great, but to have colleagues and peers or a mentor or a teacher whose opinions you respect. Mm -hmm. um about your work and mm -hmm. it's always going to be subjective but if there's if there are people who who you know can bring intelligent criticism or suggestions or you know their reaction to your work it's invaluable and so mm -hmm. i think if you're really going to build into work that is stronger and more complex and not just instantly gratifying on instagram you need to cultivate a more, more, you know, a deeper discussion about what you're trying to do and what you're trying to say and whether the pictures are getting you anywhere in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you have to be not just certainly not seeking those likes, but seeking people who will, uh, you know, criticize as well as encourage. Mm -hmm. um, 
Mm-hmm. And that's how you grow. And and of course to just get book get books, buy photography books. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's um there there's an education ready for you at the library or you know and book sales and you just start building a photo library of of work that you admire and and mm-hmm. and really spend time with the images don't just mm-hmm. pick up the book and go from back to front and think about why the photographer made the choices they did you know in the edit and and what the work is saying and find out really study the people you admire and and don't imitate but try to learn what makes that work good and and then you will be able to look at your own with a little more uh with a more critical eye mm-hmm. you know yeah. and that said we you know street photography is just one failure after another <laughs> it, it keeps you humble but yep. keeps yep. keeps you going out there for those moments that do coalesce into something really um extraordinary and mm-hmm when it happens and you're open to it, it's a lovely way to walk through the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. So my, my last question is just very simple. Where can people best find you? <laughs> well, if you can spell my name, you can find me. That's it's <laughs> that simple. With. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's Melissa at Instagram. It's Melissa O'Shaughnessy. And my website is Melissa O'Shaughnessy.com and O'Shaughnessy. Melissa is pretty easy to spell. O'Shaughnessy is O S H A U G H N E S S Y in Ireland. They pronounce it O'Shaughnessy, oh, okay. which is really helps you spell it. Perhaps when we yeah. went to visit a number of years ago, we're so used to here, you know, if you call and, order something just to automatically spell the name for people. And in mm-hmm. Ireland, I think we started to do that. And the, the, maybe the concierge at the hotel said, Oh, Oh, shocknessy. I know how to spell, <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, you know, so much more common, but it is mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a, a twisty name. So, um, it's, it's there. It's all spelled the okay. same as Instagram and website. Okay, cool. Wonderful. And even if you kind of mangle the spelling, Google might figure it might out for find, you. Might, yeah. might still find. Might Frighteningly find. enough, yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Wonderful. You can probably find me. Well, great. Well, Melissa, it was a great pleasure. Thank you so much for um, your time, your insights, um, all the information you shared today. It was really, um, really inspiring. And thank you for the same, for your time and good questions. And I'm honored to be here and have you invited me to do this. So uh, stay safe and be well and get your vaccination. And and, um, we'll all be out, hopefully, on more crowded streets before long. That sounds great. Wonderful. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Daniel. All right. This wraps up our conversation with Melissa O'Shaughnessy. You can find the show notes at danielsickphotography.com forward slash episode 042. We will have links to her website and Instagram, as well as links to her new book that just was published last year. Thanks again for listening and talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.